part of Double P Media. DoublePmedia.com. Hey, spoiler alert. We're talking about Penny Dreadful City of Angels in the context of the most recent episode. If you haven't watched that episode yet, you might be spoiled. So watch, and then come back. Delightfully dreadful. on the pole was that good and and maybe put some uh varying degrees of no on it <laughs> welcome to delightfully dreadful my name is matt we're covering penny dreadful the season finale and perhaps the Se- final episode series of penny finale, dreadful city of finale, angels series finale series finale <laughs> <laughs> season one episode 10 day of the dead written by the showrunner john logan directed by richard j lewis and I am joined by a man who likes to gather with his family and literally dance on the graves of his loved ones who have passed before him. It's Catfish. Hey, hey, Matt. How are you? I'm uh, confused. Uh, I was expecting at least a little something more, but we can get into that in a minute. Well, um, I, you know, it's funny. The Hollywood Forever Cemetery here in Los Angeles which has a lot of famous people buried in it, and they do a lot of cool things on it. They'll do um, screenings um, uh, that they project against the crypt. Those have become huge. Um, Mm. They have a huge Day of the Dead celebration where people will celebrate, will decorate huge, like, 20-foot things. And and there's, like, 80 things decorated. I mean, it is, it has gotten out of control. Wow. Um, so just know that there is no nothing so sacred that it can't become commercialized. <laughs> oh wow, that may be even worse than what all those people were doing. Uh, I, I did like the uh, the fact that the family got all together one time. Let's just get to our ratings because well, uh, Matt, one... uh, let me just say something. There's nothing more than I would like to dance on the grave of Penny Dreadful City of Angels. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Send your hate mail to dreadfulpodcast at gmail.com. I'll yeah. gladly field it on behalf of Catfish. Uh, or send it straight quit to... Quit the show. Yeah. <laughs> send it straight to at CJGVan67. Look, Matt, I may be hopeful this is going to end, but look, we're dedicated to doing this show. Right. So if it comes back for a second season, we'll be back. It might be a slightly different podcast. It may be more like, if you listen to the Double P Network, it might be more like uh, Got Your Milk, the Strain podcast, the next time we come back. But uh, if there is a second season, we will definitely be here uh, to give you some entertainment, hopefully, regarding these episodes of Penny Dreadful City of Angels. Let's talk about this finale, Catfish. we got to start with our ratings. Do you Mm want to go first, or do you want me to go first? No, you go first, Matt. All right. Well, I will start first. Uh, as I revealed last week, it's harder uh-huh. for me to give anything below a seven, no matter how much I hate it. So this time around, I'm giving this episode 7.1 out of 10, what I like to call double Bs. Double Bs? Bunk beds. Mm. Uh, I might have even it's gone as high as a 7.7, 7, uh, just for this simply the shock value of Molly's death. I did not see that coming at all. Uh, but it was brought down by the fact that the whole season has accumulated of, of 10 episodes, really not doing a whole lot, but, uh, and not even really getting to know these characters enough 
to know anything about them, despite the fact that they spent the whole season telling us stuff about them. None of it seems to matter unless the story takes it that way. And then you have this Townsend, whatever that turnaround was, and you have, uh, you know, Peter can hold his hand up for 10 or 15 seconds. That was a big reveal. Barely. Uh, It looked like he was having, he was struggling there near the end, Matt. Uh, <laughs> he was getting a little tired uh, yeah. or maybe he was just he was just emotionally exhausted because it's something that he didn't want to do I'll give him credit for that uh, before I get into my overall season rating though Catfish mm-hmm. how many ratings did you give this particular episode well I, I, I'm not going to spoil it yet man I'm going to let you go and then I'm going to come and clean up behind you okay <laughs> So way to put me on a spot again. I'm going to talk about the season overall, and I'm I'm going to go slightly higher than my 7.1 for this finale. I'm going to go Mm -hmm. 7.2, what I call double S's. Double S's? Sister, sister, not Uh just for the Molly and the Santa Morte, but also for the Magda and the Santa Morte. Um, So on the upside, when this show first started, I thought it had great potential. Mm-hmm. I think that all season long, this series has looked absolutely fantastic. It's been shot very well. It's looked beautiful. Uh, you and I, who never talk about costumes, we've loved the costumes. Uh, I thought that everything looked great that way. Um, I did appreciate the applicability to today's issues of race. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I felt that was great. Mm-hmm. I thought that John Pisano, Mr. Pisano, your score was excellent. And that's one of the things that makes me like or dislike a television show sometimes. Clearly. Um, so that really helped the season overall. There were a lot of downsides. Uh, you and I have talked about these all season, writing characters to fit for a convenience of the story. There wasn't any crazy really in it, except for maybe episode eight. And uh, actually, on the musical side, I felt like the, the musical supervisor, who I'm not going to call out, but I felt like that there were a lot of tropic kind of material used. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also felt like there was a lot of, uh, as you know, one of my pet peeves, one of my Matt's tomatoes, things that don't really matter. There was a lot of music used that came from a time after this time period was supposed to happen. So there's no way you could hear it on the radio or being played by a band. So uh, some of that stuff really bothered me. But still, 7.2 double S's out of 10. Mm. Catfish, I've talked enough. It's time to get to you and your ratings for this season and this episode. I mean, I appreciate the fact that you sort of let yourself wiggle out of it by giving two different ratings here, Matt. (laughs) But that wasn't enough. (laughs) Two ratings is not enough. Now, before I get into my more than two ratings, I'm going to say this. I'm not even going to bother to give this episode a rating. Because all that happened in this season finale was that we lost a couple minor characters. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. Okay, we did lose a major character, Molly, Mm -hmm. that I've been saying for weeks has no connection to the main conflicts. (laughs) The storytelling was... Too slow in this season uh, with not enough creepiness to keep us interested along the way. I mean, we had one episode with Freaky Frank. That's pretty much it. That was episode seven. I think it was seven, seven or eight. 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 That's it. That's all we got. Now, you know, Matt, it's funny. You know, I I know some people who write horror movies. and, Mm -hmm. And the golden rule in a horror movie is... Always start off with something freaky, even if you're going to then do a slow build. That way, you 
get people interested. Otherwise, if it's just a slow build, uh, you know, people are going to like, is this a horror movie? What's going on? This show did not do enough creepy moments throughout, throughout not enough creepy moments. Catfish, can I just ask you this? Yeah. You said it should start out with something freaky. So seeing Tiago's father burning alive and Santa Morte uh, pushing Tiago halfway across the cornfield was not freaky enough for you. No, it was. It was. But then they commit the cardinal rule of not having really anything freaky happen again until episode eight. And so this is the problem, and this is why I'm giving it more than two rankings. Okay. Okay? I'm giving three rankings. Three? All of them on the no ma'am scale. Of course. Where one is the awesome original Penny Dreadful, and ten is no ma'am. Okay. Okay, so now we know what the boundaries of the scale are. Okay. Right. So there are three shows here. They're the show that it pitched itself as. What the show actually wants to be, I think, and what it actually is. Okay. Okay. So the show that it pitched itself starts out with a long discussion about brother fighting brother, bringing down society, right? Yeah. In that show, those words would have been repeated at the very end of episode 10, setting up a huge conflict. Did that happen here, Matt? Not until after everything was over. No, it happened, but then it wasn't the last thing, which yeah. means that it's not what the show really wants to be. True. Okay. Okay. All right. So the show pitched itself out of what Magnus say the same words at the beginning of the very end of episode 10 instead of near the end. Okay. So judging it as the show it was pitched as a spooky supernatural conflict, it gets 8.5 no maps. Boy, that's only 1.5 success against that scale. Wow. Now, the show that I think it wants to be is indicated by what the very last words of the episode are, where Tiago says they are building walls. This is not the United States of America. So I think the show that it really wants to be now is a show about racism and exclusion and man's oppression of man. Mm. Okay. Now, for that show, I'm going to give it seven no ma'ams. Because I feel like it handled that very clunkily, as proved by the point that now I'm going to give the rating to the show that it actually is, because it's not really that. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we've got, no, wait a minute now. So the show that it was pitched as. Uh, the sh- no, 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 don't say pitched. The show that it is pitching itself as, it represents itself as in the first episode, which is the Except for the freakiness of Frank in episode eight is the best episode of the season. That should not be the case. True. Okay. So that's the show it pitched itself as. And the second criteria gets seven no ma'ams because of the show that it wanted to be. And you feel like it was still not successful there. Because it was very, it's it's very clunky and, and confused. I feel. Okay. Fair enough. So what is this actual show? What 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 as what proved is the by as show proved is? by some of the people who got killed in this show were the Hazlets. Now the Hazlets didn't get killed due to any kind of man's cruelty to man. It's just a woman uh, covering for her daughter for financial purposes. Okay, mm. so that's so that's that's a that was a big deal in the series in this first season, and it doesn't 
reinforce that motif, right? Racism, building walls. That's just I'm covering for my moneymaker, my cash cow daughter. Okay? Mm -hmm. Now, so this is the show that it is. It's a show about man being cruel to man with racism, Mm -hmm. but that gets occasionally goosed along by Magda. And that show, the one we're actually watching, gets 10 no ma'ams. Wow. So not a ma'am to be given. Uh, all, all, no. Well, it gets but, all, but, but ten yeah, no ma'ams. Yeah, yeah. but it not gets, not a yes ma'am to be given. It gets it get uh, all, all, gather together, circumnavigate the globe and gather all the no ma'ams, and that's what it gets. Wow. Well, folks, we've said what we feel about it Woo. as a show, as an episode, as a, as a season, yeah, as a, or perhaps even just a series <laughs> overall. But we do want to know what you think, and I will be having one last podcast covering the music of this episode and maybe some other stuff, little stragglers from the season as well. You know what, Matt? Maybe we can uh, Yeah, yeah, still have people comment, and then in that we can get back together and maybe at the end uh, share some more viewer comments because I love that we share our viewer comments I think it really helps other people listening to know what other people think too, not just just not just us jackasses. So maybe we can append that to the end of the music one. Sure. Um, so people, please still give us your feedback so that we can uh, share it with with other people. How do you do that? You call three one four two six nine zero four two one. I got a phone call this week, Catfish. Well, and what were they trying to give you? Uh, new windows? Uh, maybe redecorate your house? No, what was this, it? this was from a government office trying to give me a loan or, or a grant of some kind, uh, which was really weird because it wasn't my name they were trying to give it to. So, City of St. Louis. Please, please, please check your phone numbers and your records. At Dreadful Pod on Twitter is another way to contact us. Uh-huh. You can also send your comments to dreadfulpodcast at gmail.com. I've got more on why you need to know that address here in a minute. And, of course, if you want to talk to the network that we belong to, mm-hmm. that's the Double P Network or got Double it. P Media at Double P H Q on Twitter. That's the word double the letters P H Q on Twitter or on Instagram. Or you can go to Facebook.com slash Double P H Q. The word double the letters P H Q. You can always leave comments on our YouTube videos as mm-hmm. well. And you can find that link. And all of the podcast app links, all of the back episodes of this podcast, all contact info, really, at your one-stop shop for this podcast, dreadfulpodcast.wordpress.com. And Catfish, normally at this time, uh, we would be reading new reviews for this podcast, but I guess uh-huh. everybody sensed that our, our we would be ending soon with our contest, and so no one left a review this week whatsoever. All right. But... Transitioning into our contest. Yeah, tell me. Uh, because we did get some comments regarding our contest as well, including a late entry for one of your contests, Catfish. Uh, first of all, uh, at Amanda Sparks 19, that's Amanda. Thank you so much for following the show all year and leaving your comments and, and, and uh, your feedback for us. She said, so great of you to do this contest and do what you can to get fans involved. And we have tried, uh, I will say. So thank you very much for that comment, Amanda. We really appreciate it. Catfish, 
it's time to get into our contest. We do have one late entry, and I didn't know if you saw this when I DM'd it to you on Twitter or not, but uh, our friends over at TV Podcast Industries decided to throw their hat into the ring for the Molly Magda uh, uh-huh. thing, and they said, can't and believe I- we didn't get to enter regarding the drawing that I'm about to announce. I don't know. They didn't hear my... I've been begging for five straight episodes for someone to submit. Matt, I'm sorry. I'm not... I, I'm not going to apologize for not... I've been begging. I've been begging for so long. You, you have been begging. And, <laughs> and Derek, John, Chris, we love your podcast, or I love your podcast. Uh, so thank you very much for at least submitting this to us. It says, we can't believe we didn't get to enter into the drawing... But Molly is channeling a being thinking that it's her God, but it's either Santa Morte or Magda. That's the best we could come up with all season. Um, so there's the last entry. We have, do have some other entries also. Oh, hold right? on. From- yeah, we do, have, uh, we do have an entry from our, our, our good friend, the uh, very masculine Dooley's Left Legs. Mm. Uh, he says... Uh, he says, Molly will don her new non-silk superhero costume, break into song and blinding light, killing no. all Magdas, thus restoring peace to Los Angeles. That, that's pretty amazing, I have to say. I, I, I love that. That's, that's got the crazy in it, man. It's, it, it really does have the crazy. Uh, but I'm going to explain in a minute why uh, Dooley's Left Legs did not win. So why don't you, uh, do you want to do your winner? Uh, well, uh, I will. I just want to read this last one here from okay, Saddle Store 98. Yep. Here, because we did get one from Lorraine uh, saying that Molly is Santa Morte's manifestation. Right. And uh, Saddle Store 98, I love this one. As for the connection between Molly and Magda, I'm thinking the writers aren't thoughtful enough. To think that through. Oh man, that is the best. <laughs> that is the best non-catfish burn we've had on this podcast. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Now, do we want to get to my contest before we get to the reveal of yours? Yeah, let's do yours. All right. So the first thing, and I need to emphasize this very importantly: Mutant Farm, Fit and Trim, April Diamond Twenty Eight, Saddle Sore Ninety Eight, A Sturgeon, Good Fish. Dooley's left legs, they all were entered into this contest. Um, there was also some dude named CJG Man 67 and Boring. Some dude named Fit and Trim also <laughs> involved. Uh, they got thrown into the hat, but they did not win. Folks, go to our YouTube page. You can find the link again at dreadfulpodcast.wordpress.com and you can find who the winner is. But all of these people that I just mentioned, all of these people that I just mentioned, if I haven't contacted you already, some of you I have, but if I haven't contacted you already, a sturgeon, <clears throat> a sturgeon, uh, please send an email to dreadfulpodcast at gmail.com so I can get info on how to send you your die cut Penny Dreadful City of Angels sticker. Very important that you send me that email, folks, if you haven't already or if I haven't talked to you already. I have talked to April Diamond 28. I have talked to Saddle Sore 98. I've talked to Dooley's Left Legs. I've I know how to get a hold of Fit and Trim, and I've talked to Mutant Farm, who is Lorraine. Oh, excellent. So, now, so so you're saying you put the drawing on YouTube so people would know that this wasn't rigged. Is that what you're saying? I wanted to make sure 
that it didn't seem like it was rigged. Okay, all right. Of course, yes. We don't want any controversy. We don't want to get sued. All right, but can, but, but can you tell us now on this podcast who the winner, who the lucky winner is of your prize? I, w- I will say that I'm kind of worried that Dooley's left legs might be a double bonanza because Dooley's left legs won our drawing for the review contest. Oh, uh, amazing. Amazing. Dooley's left legs, uh, who also replied uh, when you let him know that uh, it was his, he won on his birthday. And five years ago, he won a prize on his birthday from the Joffrey podcast. Uh, Dooley's <laughs> left legs, truly a triple L. Triple L. Yeah. Lucky loyal listener. Ah, <laughs> very good. Yes. Uh, but th- the thing that I, I worry about here is, is the peril of, of course, Dooley's left legs is our friend from the UK. So we've got the, the shipping going there. But will Catfish have to also ship one of his fabulous prizes to Dooley's left legs for winning his contest. What do we got, Catfish? Tell me. Well, that's why I wanted you to go first, uh, Matt, because part of the reason, well, first of all, I loved Dooley's left legs. I loved his submission, okay? Uh, But number one, I don't think it is fair for someone to win all the prizes. I want to spread them around. Unless you're Hunt Pants. To our faithful, well, she won like seven things in the first few years. Um, she's not listening to this podcast, so she gets no love here. Um, so, uh, because, uh, that came in late, if it had come in a few weeks ago, it would have been the winner. The very first one we got, I don't know why after I got, we got one and then I begged, we got more at the very end, but I'm still going to give it to Lorraine mutant farm for saying that Molly is Santa Morte's manifestation. It was the first submission. And it was really cool. Dooley's left legs was the craziest, but he already won a prize. So uh, that's it. I've got a rule here. This is like kindergarten. Not everyone can win all the prizes. So it's Lorraine <laughs> for Molly has sent a Morte's manifestation. So please, Lorraine, uh, you can hit me up at CJGman67. Send me a message. Or, or you contacted her already, right? So you've got her information? I've, I have her information. I okay, do. great. All right. So excellent. So there's that. And also... I'm announcing I'm also going to send someone something to our faithful researcher, April Diamond 28. Uh, send us your info, April. Uh, I have and, April Diamond 28's info, and I've already sent her something. All right. Well, I'm going to send her something else. She gets something for the reviewers, but she needs to get something else because she is our faithful uh, researcher who still uh, owes us research on creepy kid movies. <laughs> <laughs> Further incentive for you, April Diamond 28. Brianna, get on it. Get on it. Get on it. Uh, something that's not a winter catfish? Yeah, tell me. Uh, the the ratings, I'm betting. Uh, although, mm. this last week mm-hmm. for episode nine, the most disappointing episode of the season, uh, the ratings did go up. They got nearly 380,000 people watching. Well, I want to correct you, Matt. It was the most disappointing episode uh, right up until episode 10. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. As I predicted last week, let's pat myself on the back here. So give yourself a pat on the back, pat on the back, pat on the back, and say to yourself, "Is jolly good health." As I predicted last week, the ratings would go way up for season for the episode nine simply because. 
episode eight was uh, tolerable. And then episode nine came. Uh, so I can't wait. And I, we will share this in our final wrap up podcast. Uh, what the ratings were for episode 10 for the season finale. But yeah, I, right still now, don't, I still don't understand this, Matt. I really don't understand this. How can they, how can they, they drop down 20% between seven and eight? And then go up thirty one percent between eight and nine. I, I just don't believe these. The I don't. Be, I don't fully believe these numbers. Uh, I don't know if they don't catch streaming or what. It just doesn't make any sense that they would have two hundred ninety thousand people watch episode eight, and then all of a sudden three hundred eighty thousand people watch episode nine. It, Word of mouth, baby. Word of mouth. That's what's kept us the fifth favorite podcast out of three active podcasts available, Catfish. No, that's not it. Well, oh, I thought it was just I thought it was just uh, people being beaten down and just just like they 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 need to listen to someone who's going to to support their, their confusion. That could be it, too. But there are people who still have hope that there's a season two, despite mm-hmm. these ratings. Yeah. For, for instance, our friend at Jules Official said, I heard. Wait, hold on. Ma- at Jules Official underscore. Very important. That is important. That is important. And Jules is actually a BMI member as well, just like me. So, uh, Jules, uh, glad you're in the club. I heard that season two may happen. Jules official underscore starts a crew member in the official Facebook group for the show shared a photo of season two construction set favorite Magda in episode nine is still Alex. She is epic. So great seeing Benny return. I would like Lewis to briefly reunite with his children in season two. I wouldn't. So that's all to season two talk there. She did include a photo from the comment. And this was Steven Sanchez who said the second season's construction was supposed to start right before the shutdown, hoping to get back to work soon. The shutdown was a long time ago. So the, the, it's, it's still, um, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but I can tell you this, that I just today, looked at tvseriesfinale.com. They keep an update on all of the shows, whether they've been canceled or not. And as of June June 28th, 2020, Penny Dreadful City Angels has not been canceled or renewed for a second season. Stay tuned for further updates. Maybe the official Showtime Penny Dreadful uh, Twitter will, after the release, after the airing of this episode on Sunday night, will make a further announcement, but I just don't know. Well, nobody does work for free, and nobody pays for work if they don't know that things are going to happen. So when I heard that they had construction scheduled for second season, again, you don't go like, uh, let, let's let's spend money for guys to start uh, building stuff. And, and, and just to be clear, it, if you're going to build stuff, you need to know what it is, which means there's a storyline, which means writers have spent time constructing a second season storyline. Although, as we've discussed, the reason probably why this is so slow is that they already mapped out five years of this, and that mm-hmm. you know by 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 year four, maybe Peter is finally going to break completely bad. So it's that's kind of curious. I, I let me make this completely clear, Matt, because I, I'm a snarky dude, and and I I don't want to watch this show anymore, so I don't want it to be on. But I never root for people to not work. I want people to work. Stephen okay. Sanchez. I hope you have found another show. 
In other words, you're hoping that when Steven Sanchez gets an offer to come back to work on this show, he says, no, ma'am. No, yes. I'm hoping that someone gives him an offer to work on another show. And That's he's what like, I mean. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Wow. So, okay. There's a couple other things that we got to wrap up. I know people are waiting for us to, to talk about this episode, but we still got lots of things to wrap up here. You talked about April Diamond 28 and the mm-hmm. research that she hasn't done. But I have to say that she did a lot to help me last week in regarding the music stuff and the question that we had regarding the mansion. Oh, well, maybe you well. should send her a gift instead of me. She's I helping already have. You out. <laughs> <laughs> I already have. But not for uh, her research. Yes. I've sent her the sticker for winning or for uh, entering the contest and an additional gift. I oh, 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 you did. Oh, how about yeah, that? Yeah, I'm on top of the game, man. I'm oh, on top man. of the game. Look, I and here's know. why. Here's why. When we uh-huh. asked about the mansion, and I called it the Vatican, Brianna showed me a tweet from Michael Gladys on Twitter. That's at DreadfulPod on Twitter. But she ret- she tweeted to me, for your information about the mansion, a.k.a. Vatican, that Townsend's father lives at, courtesy of your executive researcher. And this tweet from Michael Gladys says, look at that mansion. Fun fact. It's the same mansion that was used as the horsehead scene in The Godfather. So I did a little looking up. That's the legendary Beverly House, which uh, when it was last sold was valued at $115 million. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, no wonder they have a little bit of a Vatican around there. Although I have no idea what real estate's like in L.A. That may just be moderately priced for all I know. Um, Brianna also sent me information about that music that was playing as Townsend was driving up through the Vatican to the house. And uh, she used, <laughs> clever girl, she just used her Shazam app, which I never thought to <laughs> even try to do. <laughs> she says, the answer to your song question is courtesy of the Shazam app. And this was by uh, Bert Ambrose, or sometimes just known as Ambrose. Why was I born? It was that version his orchestra also had a song on a Jewish compilation of songs on iTunes when I looked them up. Not sure if that's why this version was chosen. It may be because he was originally Russian. He was Jewish. His family was Jewish. And he moved to the UK. Uh, as I said, sometimes he just goes by Ambrose. Sometimes he goes by Bert Ambrose. Uh, worked mostly in the 30s with his own band. But he had put together his first 15 band 15-piece band at the age of 20, which is fascinating to me, and was a violinist. So I'm not sure if he sang it, uh, but definitely it was his band playing it, according to Brianna's Shazam app. So thank you once again, April Diamond 28. She's, uh, you know, this is, this is the key as a researcher, right? To be a good researcher, sometimes you have to work even harder, but sometimes you're just smart enough to not work hard. Work smarter, not harder. That's what April Diamond 28 does. It certainly does. <laughs> so that wrapped up the majority of my music questions and other questions that we had from last week. Got it. Are, are you ready to talk about this week, Catfish? I'm ready. Now, <laughs> Matt, most of the time we break... Uh, <laughs> break things up into storylines and we and we go from least uh interesting to a storyline to most interesting storyline but since the uh inciting incident here uh spreads its tendrils throughout the episodes uh we're going to do it different this time and we're just going to recap the episode as it happens rather than by storylines like uh, however that. however i have uh kind of broken the storylines up a little bit 
<laughs> uh, the scenes up and given a, a fancy title to each scene, which again does not deserve a double. So um, the first, uh, the first uh, uh, scene I'm going to title uh, "Santa Borte Walks Into a Bar." Oh, yeah, it's the beginning of a joke, uh, a joke that's not funny. Uh, <laughs> Tiago teaches Molly about uh, Day of the Dead. Molly says she loves him, which is amazing. Uh, mm. Tiago's response to that is, uh, he does not say. Uh, Nathan Lane comes in, tells Tiago about the lynching, get everybody out of here. Uh, I'll take Molly. You know, very convenient. Tell, you know, you take your family home. Uh, somebody comes up and tells Fly Rico, and he tells everybody what happened. This is interesting here because, uh, it sets up kind of a weird dynamic that doesn't make any sense. Where Fly Rico tells everybody what happened in the bar, but tells them to calm down. This seems to go against what I recall from Fly Rico from earlier in the season. Mm. Matt, I, I I know I was good to tell you just just break in when you want, but I've got to stop and ask you here. Did this make sense to you, Fly Rico's through throughout this as we go through the storyline? Fly Rico keeps trying to be the peacemaker. Does mm. did, did that did that track with you? Uh, it doesn't track with a lot of the earlier things he did. One thing that I do like about it, because Fly Rico has been one of my favorite characters in this yeah. show, and I feel like he was way underutilized. R.I.P. Um, but the uh, one thing that I did like is he saw the long game. He was essentially, you know, saying this we can we can make a statement with a peaceful protest, uh, which I really liked that he felt like he could do that. I completely um, understand that too, and I think that's a that's a super cool character to have. It just doesn't seem like his character. This is another thing where I go like uh rather than that 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 the writers rather than have a character follow a logical present uh procession as far as their personality that they just they're going like oh okay now we need somebody to do that now we want somebody to do be in opposition to rio and 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 we're gonna we want to elevate mateo so you know what let's let's make rico be the peacemaker even though they never bothered to sprinkle any of that throughout the rest of the season i think that and i think that's a perfectly legitimate um point there catfish i really do i i was just merely saying that i've really liked fly rico and i like that they at least in his last few moments in this series uh made him have a, a little yeah. bit in the way of brains but right. i also think that uh they gave again, him a like you said it was for story pur- for story purposes right because logan wanted to show that even the most peaceful of protests with your intention can sometimes turn violent and uh, and that's exactly what happened, right? Well, yeah, okay. So, well, so let's talk about it because we've got, uh, you know, we finally have uh, the the Magdas finally do something here. Uh, again, I've talked about how the best episode was uh, in this entire first season was the first one, and uh, Magda is the one who causes the craziness there by whispering. In the cop's ear, and he starts the shootout that occurs between the police uh, and and the uh, the Latinos. Uh, yeah. So once again, she does that. Rio takes the mic and tries to rile everyone up, and then Fly Rico's like, "No, no, everybody relax." Which again, super cool, but does not track at all. Um, 
They walk down the streets. They pass by Freaky Frank and family. Uh, once again, I don't even understand here. They're trying to set up sort of an an opposition here that how fa- happy the family is before things go crazy. But well, we've never seen Frank even crack a smile, and all of a sudden he is like laughing it up like he's a normal kid. I don't get that. <laughs> um, the two Magdas eye each other. They give each other the high sign. <laughs> And then, uh, so Frank screams, this causes Peter to accelerate, uh, pinning, uh, one of the protesters in between two cars. Then Rio jumps on, they're mowing us down, they're mowing us down, they're killing us. And then, uh, the massive fight ensues, (laughs) the, uh, (laughs) apparently it was Fleet Week. The U.S. Navy to the rescue. (laughs) Yeah, it was a Fleet Week, um, and then... (laughs) You know, Rico still again being the peacemaker. Why Why you do this? Why you do this? Again, the thing is, from Rico's point of view, uh, I mean, think about what he has had to endure. Yeah. It completely would make sense that he would be, that he would be like, let's take him down. And even if he was being peaceful at the point where the melee happens, you just got to go for it. it. It would take somebody of a really really peaceful and almost saintly personality to still at that point be like, let's not fight again. Sure. That completely doesn't track with, with Rico. It doesn't track with anybody except for, I'm not even going to say, um, uh, 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 mother Teresa, because a lot of things have come out about mother Teresa. That means that, that indicates she's not that cool. So even greater than mother Teresa, yeah. um, so Rio kills Rico, and then Mateo well, sees it. Before you get to that catfish, let me yeah. just say that uh, mm-hmm. I did like the coordination between all of the Magdas there, between Frank and, and Rio and Elsa. I thought that that, that was uh, a great opportunity. They saw it. They seized it. Uh, bam. You know, they've got everything they want in one short thing. Everything else that happens in this episode comes out of that moment. Right. It's just, hmm. I mean, again, maybe it doesn't track. Uh, I understand that, but I did enjoy that moment as I saw it. Absolutely. But, but here's another, here's the thing that, that is sort of where I'm trying to figure out where this show is coming from. Is is it the idea that like people are cruel to each other and it's easy to appease, appeal to their baser instincts and it just needs a spark? Um, I guess that could be. I guess I think that, could that was be even point. in some of the dialogue early on. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so Mateo sees uh, Rico get killed, but he's completely cool with it. And uh, Rio says uh, in her really uh, troublesome accent. Now uh, we've had a lot of. There's been a lot of. Uh, I I want to say. Uh, Reckoning for cultural appropriation, uh, you know, more specifically blackface, but also um, white uh, white people uh, voicing uh, characters of color. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've seen in a lot of uh, uh, animated shows now where uh, people are either uh, well, they're. You know, I'm sure the shows are allowing them to say it's their decision, but if they didn't make it, the shows would have made the decision to uh, take the white people out of voicing characters who are people of color. So, uh, you know, in a show that's about 
racism and especially in this time and place this is this is it's just tr- it's troublesome it's, it's more and more troubling to see her do it um, I agree. I agree. It's not great. It's not great. No, it's not, not great. good. You're right. All right. Uh, let's move on because there's nothing we can do about that. We didn't create the show. We didn't decide to do this. Um, <laughs> so the next storyline I'm calling Angel of the Morning. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, the next day we see uh, Tiago's at the window. Uh, uh, we got the military outside. So there's martial law. Molly is cleaning up uh, Tiago, and it's this is another thing which seems sort of clunky. Like a really heavy duty thing has happened, and she's just giving him this, this chitty chat about some stories from her childhood, when like there are more important things going on. I mean, I'm not saying she can't talk about stuff for herself, but like if there's like a race war happening outside, you don't, you, you don't like, here, let me, let me, let me distract you by telling you some really dark and weird stories from my childhood. Yeah. I, you know, catfish, I feel like, um, that was an attempt. And, and again, it was poorly done, clunkily done, as you say, but I feel like that was an attempt by Molly to try and get Tiago's head space out of where he was, that she sensed that so much that she was just trying I guess more or less fishing to try and get him, you know, to respond to anything rather than what he was thinking about. The other reason is all of a sudden they decided we need to hear this story now so that it could be reinforced later in this episode. That's a good point. Uh, Again, I don't know. Like, you're like, oh, let me throw this in. Now, this is a big deal. Uh, So because of that, we need to put it somewhere earlier in the episode. Let's do it here. That story at the pier would have played much better if she they exchanged that story like at the pier. Then that would have played great at the end mm-hmm. of the season to me. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm sort of playfully put here. Tiago finally realizes people are racist. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is sort of a... I, I've talked about this a little bit. Is that I don't... I, I've never understood this season where... Why Tiago is the way he is yeah. about he's on the police, he's on that side, but he's also with his family. Like, I don't understand, you know, the the weird thing is that this sort of kind of breaks him here where I don't understand, like, I still have never understood where he comes from on this and why he is like this. I yeah. feel like with all the monologues we've had during this show... We and and obviously, you know, since some of the dialogue hasn't been that great, I don't think it was like, oh, I don't know how we can express this in a way that's not clunky that hasn't bothered them before. Burn. Mm. Um, so again, for you to understand how someone's changed, you need to understand where they come from and why they do what they do. And I've never understood that about Tiago. So that makes the, his conversation here weird. Like, of course, he already knew that people were, were racist and looked him like he was Mexican. Like, he's a cop. He's, he, he, the rest of his cops don't like him. He got he got a Jewish partner because that's the only partner that's the only partner he could he, that would that would be assigned with him. Like, mm-hmm. I, I just don't. I mean, obviously, there's been a horrible thing that happened, but I. I I'm, so I'm sort you're wondering of, why he's waking up now. I'm sort but, of speechless on this part because I don't, I don't have a base for Tiago, a base of where, 
I don't understand what his point of view on the world is. Catfish, could it be possible that the point of this first season for Tiago was the fact that he's just lost between two worlds and he couldn't figure anything out until this incident? Now, so why he couldn't it, figure it out in the why he couldn't figure it out in the first episode? I don't know, but right, and it, then it, right, and and then also explain to me why he feels based on how he's grown up and the way he is treated, why he believes in law and order and why he decided to become a policeman. Like uh, again, if you are going to be, if you are going to be the first person who does something, you know, mm-hmm. then you have to have a real strong reason to want to do it. Right. Right. Like, like if I'm going to, if I'm going to join a group that I know is going to be – that is mostly going to hate me, there has to be a reason. I have to really believe in that group in order to endure them being hostile to me. And I, we never got the idea of what, what, what made Tiago go like, I need to be a policeman. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, and maybe that's something that – if there ever was a season two, which folks, I have to – say i i'm very much doubting right now um if there was a season two maybe we could get some of that i feel like uh and there's no this is wild speculation there's there's no base on this at all i'm just trying to put two and two together to make four instead of 17 uh that when santa morte touched him when he was a child that changed his life that he felt like he needed a sense of of law and order in his life. And that's why he went for the police. But, again, but so many things no- have been, ex- so many things have been explained and we've never even had a, cl- a, 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 a clunky just, dis- uh, uh, description of, 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 of why he feels that way. You know what season I mean? Like two, episode one catfish season two, episode one. I'll buy that. I mean, here we are in uh you know, both of you and I are watching dark and I'm joking because one of the cops is at an eye patch since the first season of episode one. And we're I'm midway through ep- season two and they still haven't explained it. And yet Matt, and yeah. yet there's enough other freaky things going on that it's that's just one more mystery. I'll find out. All right, I'm sorry. I, I really got uh, we got sidetracked on that, but I think it's important because Tiago is a main character. We need to he's a main talk character. We need to know wh- wh- why he is the way he is, and we just simply don't. We can we can we can make some conjecture, but you know, uh, I feel like that's something we shouldn't have to uh, guess at. They should Good say point. it explicitly, and they don't have a problem saying things really explicitly on this show. Um, all right, so he pushes away Molly, Molly, saying some really, really, really mean things to her, and then he finally says some realistic things that make sense. They can't be in the open, you know. He's like, "Well, why don't we go to the police station? Why don't we walk in Beverly Hills? Like, we, we just can't do this." This right. is finally, yes, yes, exactly. That that makes a lot of sense to me, and uh, so, so that was a that was that was good. That was that was really good. That part of it, right? Um, Molly says, "All right, let's get away." Tiago says, uh, "No, you can't give it all up for me." And you know, Matt, see, I'm not selfless like this. I would have been like, "Hell, yes, I'm worth it." Um, But she says, "No, it'd be for me too." She says strangely that Molly and Sister Molly hate each other. But side note, both Mollys love Nebutal. 
So they decide to, okay, they're going to get away. They're going to get away from all this. Good. So then at at that moment, you realize if you're smart enough, and I wasn't, rut row, rut row Uh for one of them, and it's not going to be Tiago. So uh, then uh, there's an ominous bell that rings. Yeah. But it's not really ominous. It's just the tinny, clangy phone. It's not oh. ominous at all. Um, all right. So um, the uh, so then that ends that one. And then we have the next section, very brief, which I call Townsend's Breakfast of Champions. Uh, he is over the moon thrilled because it means – because this, this brouhaha means he'll be vindicated and he can eat what he wants and fuck who he wants and vice versa. That's what I think, vice versa, so that he can yeah. – uh, that he can uh, f- fuck some food and and, and eat, eat his lover. Um, <laughs> oh, it, man, I just got to stop you here because this was such a 180 in extreme. I love Michael Gladys and, and what he has attempted to do with what he's been given, which mm-hmm. isn't much. But um, this was so over the top that it just became a cartoon to me. It, it, it was way too much. Um, and you saw a little bit of that at the very beginning of the season, but then they slowly started breaking him down and making him a little bit more sympathetic and everything. Oh, bad people have feelings too, I guess was the point of this, but it just, it was so over the top, uh, with so much moxie that I could not take it. I, I, I just literally, I tuned out. This is amazing. This on. is amazing, Matt, because. Of all the things that bothered me in this episode, and they are obviously legion, this was the one thing that didn't bother me. Ah! He's, he's been down so long, kicked so bad that he had to go back to his dad for to beg for help, even though he you know his dad hates him. And now in one fell swoop, he's going to be mayor again. I mean, he was facing complete ruin, uh, and now he's going to be mayor again. So that didn't bother me. Uh, like almost everything else in the episode did. So that's amazing. So I'm glad together we can find a way to not like the whole episode. All right. Uh, the next uh, section I'm calling, uh, I say, he's no Robin Hood. Ooh. Peter's kid is in his bed and he's a wimp. And he says, some, he says some stuff that were very not childlike. Why did they hurt me? I hate them so bad. Uh, and then Peter has some words again it's a section i liked was wise and actually i wrote down poetic words about not letting hate into your heart otherwise it's like a hungry rat and it forces out all love which is which i thought was cool and then of course we have elsa trying to rile peter up and push him to have the german bund to speak out in this race war and she's I wrote down here, she's really trying to make a monster out of him. Get it, Matt? Get it? Monster. Monster. Yeah. 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 Because he was the monster in Penny Dreadful. Yeah. 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 Um, And then she does the super weird. You you know what I would have liked in this episode? Um, She's faced away from him when she's telling that story about being raped and spit on by American soldiers, right? Yeah. You know what would have been delicious? It's while she's telling that story, she's smirking. There's no reason for her to keep that face when she's faced away from him. So it mm. would be delicious to see opposition of the words to her kind of smirking, knowing the effect she has on him. This is the kind yeah. of simple thing I don't know why the show doesn't do that makes it more delicious. Good point. I can't argue that. And then she stands up and does the Sig Heil. And at that point, I was like, 
What the flying F? They made those moments super dramatic, too. And I know we'll talk about the other one here in a little bit. But uh, that was so uh, almost like she did it so slowly and the hand came up and the way it was shot and everything. Um, Of course, we all hate Nazis. Of course we do. But, uh, you know, the music and everything in that just like most of this episode overdone on the things that weren't really the point. Well, who knows what the point of that one was. All right, let's move on to what I like to call mobsters and mamacitas. Uh, Nathan and Lane and Tiago drive in a, uh, drive to Mama's house. Uh, they're going to store uh, Brian, the kid there, and then they're going to take him down to Baja and f- and where they got a plane, they're going to fly him to Meyer Lansky. In the meantime, the Germans will never be able to figure out where he is. Uh, the next scene, uh, we're uh, downtown with the Germans, where they quickly uh, figure out where the kid is. <laughs> the, uh, just stop right there. Uh, first of all, I, yeah. I love the fact that, that uh, Maria is giving Benny Berman uh, some cooking lessons. A mo- right. Mole. It's, again, again, some, some, some desperately uh, needed humor there. The last, the last bit of levity we had on this show was when uh, Benny was like, so I still got a shot, huh? <laughs> <laughs> he's hitting on all of them. He's hitting on Dottie. He's hitting on Maria. I, I, love I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And, uh, the the other thing that I wonder is, did Dottie get the same museum tour that Nathan Lane did? Oh, interesting. You know the one thing I'll say here that that's well done here. You know, I've 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 been careful this whole time to say that I think Nathan Lane is a great actor and I think he's amazing. I just don't think that he's right for this part. And you kind of see the difference here, right? I mean, like we haven't seen Nathan Lane joke. And I think, I mean, part of it is his character, but on the other hand, it's like, it's tough. But Brad Garrett here does a good job of feeling menacing and tough, but also being able to crack some jokes that's that's more in line of what I would like to have seen um, from the character Nathan Lane plays. Yeah. 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 All right. So uh, the other thing I forgot to talk about was, uh, you know, and somebody says it later on about tanks rolling down the streets. I love it. And so I thought we could have we could, you know, it's possible that the that the um, uh, I love L.A. song could have been different. (laughs) So I want to pitch this. Okay, Santa Monica Boulevard, Vilibenes. Wilshire Boulevard, we're Libanus. Ventura Boulevard, we're Libanus. We're ah, 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 ah. <laughs> I'll try and put some music behind that for you. It was it was that it was it was that bad, huh? <laughs> Look, man, I've always said if I was going to put together a band, uh, the name would be uh, Tone Stupid. Because I'm not tone. tone deaf, I'm just tone stupid. <laughs> Vilibenes! Vilibenele! Okay, uh, the next <laughs> section I call Republicans Buy Shoes too. Oh, a reference to MJ. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, Sister Molly talking to her mom, says she has to say something, and mom says you should stay out of politics. Molly says she's gone, she's, she's leaving, and Adelaide's, no, I'm not having it. Molly says it's over, mother, let me go. And Adelaide, this is where we're going to have, uh, you're going to have to explain something to me because I, I didn't quite get it. I wasn't sure. Adelaide talks about 
she's got you know she's the one she's important first she gives her like the heavenly stuff i think that's before molly says it's over mother let me go how important she is and then adelaide talks about the four babies she lost uh like i would happily crush their skulls to have you um and then uh she fully admits what we had guessed that adelaide killed james hamlet hazlitt and the entire family and she goes full Popeye the Sailor Man cuckoo. Yeah. Uh, and so the question I had here was, I thought she was kind of saying, if I had those babies, I would have crushed their skulls to have you. You think that she's indicating she did do it. I'm not sure why she would have done it unless she was like, when they were a baby, they're like, oh, yeah, she's not going to go up to be oh, sister. Oh, no, mother. I wasn't talking about the babies. I, I oh. misunderstood what you oh, meant okay. there. I thought you was talking about the Hazlitts for some reason. Oh, no. Um, oh, no. She full on she full on admitted to killing James Hazlitt and the family. And she's like, oh, what a shame. I had to kill the kids, too. Well, she had Rudolph do it because he was the strong right arm. Remember? That whole yeah, reference. Uh, right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, it was weird. That section was weird. She's weird. I'm fully into Adelaide being being full creepy. Yes, more of this, please. Yeah, uh, uh, that, but then we can talk about. If she'd have done it as Popeye the Sailor Man, that would have been even better. If yeah. she'd have done it in a little song, you know. For you, Sailor Man, <laughs> I've killed James Hazlitt and family. All right, uh, <laughs> the next section I'm calling Yoo-Hoo Bombshell. Uh-oh. Benny uh, leaves uh, saying in exchange for the mole recipe, he's going to exchange his uh, arugula recipe uh, with Mamacita. Uh, they roll out with uh, Brian, and then there's Hans. He's following them. It's Hans, right? Oh, uh, Kurt. K- okay, Kurt, sure. <laughs> Let's just call him a Hans. They're all Hans. Um, <laughs> and then in another very creepy, and again, this is good. This is the kind of creepiness we want from the show. This kid does a monologue about how excited he is to like, oh, yeah. I mean, this mom I'm putting together, I mean, the atmosphere might just burn up. Like, it is grotesque. And at this point, I'm thinking, they should just kill this kid. And then finally, shortly after that, they all look at each other like, oh, shit. We should kill this kid. Yeah. That scene, as soon as that kid started talking about the atomic bomb, I said, and they started looking at each other. I'm like, oh, yeah, this, this it's is great for the kid. It's great. And, they don't, uh, yeah. uh, again, a story convenient way. You can have this kid in, invent the atomic bomb and still not have his name as part of the crew that did uh, because they took care of him. Yeah, it's 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 uh, yeah. His excitement over it was like. It was great. And again, the look was great because it's the kind of thing where you don't need to write anything. They all look at each other. They're all human beings. And they're all just like, "Mm -mm, this uh, plan we have, NG. We're going to have to uh, quick audible. Uh, All right. Well, uh, let's do things in order here. Okay. So uh, I'm going to call these single M's, but then I just gave up on the M's. First, we see Molly is gone. Then we have Mama have a conversation with Fina. And then we see uh, Brian's brain matter um and then we see uh i call it the sister to sister talk but it's santa morte in sister molly yeah and uh right away when you see santa morte uh you know i was watching with miss catfish and she's like who's the lady with the creepy eyes and i said that's santa morte you only see her when you're about to die so this is not good news for sister molly 
Also, you could see from above in that scene, it was weird. It actually looked like it was digitally inserted in the first scene and then not in the second, although it could have been both. The discoloration in the water, uh, a.k.a. blood. So, I mean, I buy this. I buy Molly being so manipulated by Adelaide the whole time that she thinks there's nothing she can do but kill herself. But on the other hand, I say to myself... All this time I've been asking for Molly to be involved in these other plots and she's not and now she's gone. And so what the heck? Now, Matt, here's what I'm going to say. Okay. I'm going to give them, I don't want to say the benefit of the doubt, but I'm going to say that their plan is to still somehow bring Sister Molly back for the second season. I agree with you, Catfish. I totally agree with you. They're going to bring her back somehow, uh, even if she's just a, a, a body or something. If Carrie Bish can pull this off, if they get a second season and they bring her back, then I, I would be down for that. That I mean, would actually think, make it the show that we were looking for. Right. I think it's their plan to have her, you know, that Sister Molly be kind of supernaturally involved in all this. I don't know how it's going to work, but part of the reason I say that is because otherwise it makes no sense to spend as much time as we did in this season. I will say this. If they're not going to bring her back, the only reason to kill her off at this point is if is it's to going to— Tiago. Exactly. And it yeah. feels like he's already affected. I don't know what additional her killing herself is going to do to him. So I, I can't imagine, despite all the hassle I've given this show right. and, 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 and complained about a bunch of stuff, I cannot imagine that they could spend all this time with Sister Molly and bump her off and we never see her again. That would be disastrous, I think. It would, that would be head-scratching. So— I- I totally agree with you there, Catfish. One of the things that I do want to mention about this whole sequence of things is that they were, it's, it kind of, uh, a lot of it started off, uh, I guess, with uh, Mama and with Maria and Fina, and she started singing that song, and Adriana Barraza did her thing, and then they took it over with a, a more orchestrated version, and that kind of went over all of this, didn't it? Yeah, sure uh, did. So I, I, that will be part of our music podcast uh, when we get it out as well, because I, I want to cover that song uh, because I thought that was I thought that that made the the you know the montage um, more powerful than it probably would have been otherwise. Right, and 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 the last thing to sort of well, and the next thing that happens in this montage is uh is uh I'm gonna call it mine magda uh well where Peter puts on his puts on his cross his iron cross and and does the sig heil indicating perhaps that there is some bad shit that he did that it's not just that he that he's seen it in others but that he saw it in himself and, and this i've suspected all along simply because otherwise why would magda use him instead of you know, using, you know, the other guy who's better looking in the Bund to displace him and then use his anger. There's got to be a reason why she thinks Peter is the right guy. And so all along, we've assumed there's some real darkness in his past. True. And and probably so. Uh, On top of that, you know, his family is a a bunch of weapons makers. You can throw that in there as well. Yeah. Um, the, The whole idea... Of that scene, though, I mean, I, I have to imagine that Rory probably, given that the, the the work that he's done with Logan before, 
I'm betting that if there is a five season arc or a three season arc or whatever, that uh, the only reason Rory would, unless he's just a really good friend of Logan's, the only reason he would agree to come back and do something like this again would be because he that poor guy he's experienced a lot of course this was after the filming of this but he's experienced a lot of heart like lately losing his sister and everything like that so um the only reason he would agree to something like this is if he saw a long-term projection of what this character mm. would be i i disagree i think there's a i think the the real reason why he would agree to do this is uh money okay uh, there's nothing, <laughs> listen, I will tell you this, especially if he's been, if he had been struggling for a while, most people do, people don't get, you know, a great gig on their, on their first audition, their first year, their first five years. Uh, once you start working and, and you know that jobs can be few and far in between, you get offered a job, you take it. I cannot tell you, Matt, you, you know, you watch all these I will say this. I have seen a lot of people, uh, well-known people, take uh, gigs on on really sm- small platforms, stuff that's, you know, mm-hmm. stuff that you have to really get get to. I'm not even talking about like, you know, I'm not even talking about CBS online or all that kind of stuff, but really just st- strange little things. You'll see actors will take work. And sometimes I'll look at them and I'll go like, why are you going to take this? Why can't you leave this? To people who don't have work, well, this silly little thing like it's not even going to be that much, much, much money. But you have to understand, I would do the same thing if I became successful. You never know. Like you can have good years, and you're like, I'm on a roll, and then you have a bad year. So all I'm going to say is, I don't blame him for taking the money. I don't think he needed any assurance that things were going to go great for him. All he needed assurance was is that he was a regular on a show. <laughs> okay. Fair All right. I, I would think that after what they went through with the original Penny Dreadful series, that even if he didn't, if he did just want the money, that uh, Logan probably would have said, hey, this is what your character is going to eventually become. Sure, sure. And I don't know why this didn't come to me earlier. It's not until the radio says it that I realize that Molly's uh, name is Sister Finister. Did you realize that, Matt? Yes, sister, I did. <laughs> sister Finister. I was. I laughed my ass off. Sister Finister, but it's more like sister. We finished with her. Am I right, Matt? Am I right, oh, sister? Oh, we finished with her. All right. You're making so, my voice break up. <laughs> as I said before, uh, the Day of the Dead. Uh, you see that there it used to be kind of a, a small thing, um, you know. And there's nothing that can't be co-opted and made into a bigger thing. Uh, again, now it's now it's a huge thing, and a bunch of white people show up. Um, uh, but they're dancing. I understand what they're doing here. This is a, this is a, you know, a, you know, a lot of cultures, uh, celebrate their dead. They also celebrate sort of the wisdom of elders, uh, yeah. in America. Uh, we don't do that. We're like, they're old, get them out of my sight. Um, so this, that was, that part was cool. I, yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen, I mean, Tiago's already heard at this point, but he doesn't seem particularly broken up, <laughs> which mm. is bizarre. Um, and then we have, uh, Dominatrix Dorner saying the words at the beginning of her episode of one, uh, she kind of taps him on the sh- shoulder or just touching him and she says it to him. I mean, it already felt like that was happening in the first episode, uh, and then they 
they had a, the big bang in the in the first episode as far as that and then they kind of took the air out of that whole this whole conflict between the police and the latinos up until episode 9 no yeah. really episode 10 really so episode i was 10. like this is not really reinfo- i guess you're kind of reinf- reminding us <laughs> what's happening it badly reminded me of what the show said it was going to be and as i said it was not that yeah. Uh, then we flash to part of the neighborhood being torn down while people are watching it. I assume this is uh, months later. Uh, we have all the baddies are watching uh, along with Tiago and the rest of the neighborhood. Now, this is what I did. Explain this to me, Matt. Um, Adelaide is there, too. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have to assume this is a few months later. Now, if Adelaide is right, and I believe she is, that Molly is the moneymaker for her church. Right. I would have to assume that Adelaide has lost a lot of power and clout here. Like who who is doing the preaching now? Fina. Oh, all right. Let's see. Uh, let's see if uh, people are going to follow uh, Fina uh, because she is not uh, pure white like the driven snow like Molly is. So yeah. I don't believe that Fina would actually do it. But I love the answer. Well, can't you um, sing? I. Don't know, can she? I'm, Her mom I'm not, can't. I'm not going to. Can she? <laughs> I'm not going to answer any questions anymore because I'm always right. I'm always wrong. <laughs> Tia, then we have. So then we know that what they're really trying to say, like straight to the camera, Tiago says, they they are building walls. This is not the United States of America, and that is how it ends. That's when I realized that this whole time the show was just the Trump we elected president along the way. <laughs> Um, now listen, anybody who has listened to any part of nearly any podcast I have done knows how I, where I stand politically. And I'm, 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 I'm all for this. I'm all for a show, uh, reflecting, uh, some things using the past or using fantasy or whatever to reflect iniquities in the present that still need to be uh, addressed. I'm all for talking about how horrific Trump is. I practically have made him the Townsend of the week anytime I could uh, here. I, I, I just, I just... It feels like this is not the show that was set up. And even if it's that show, I'm not, I just, yeah, I don't know. I just don't think it's doing it that well, but, but, but I mean, Catfish, I could be wrong. I'm happy. Say this. If yeah. Say you, it. Uh, a long time ago yeah. before the season started mm-hmm. in a DM, I sent you a video of John Logan talking about what this season was in his mind. And it was almost all about the applicability of, of what's happening in the 30s happening, continuing to happen now. Mm-hmm. So I feel like um, he did exactly what he thought he was going to do. Did he do it well? Yeah, I think I would have chosen some better ways to do it myself personally, but I'm not a filmmaker so or a writer, so I, I can't uh, say that I could do any better, uh, but I can say that uh, it wasn't done well, like you said. Well... You know what's funny is, and I don't know if you listened to that podcast. Uh, you know, Fitton, Fitton, and 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 Mork and I did a podcast on the both seasons of the Terror so far, 
USA show that the first season was based on a book called The Terror, uh, which is a great book. But now that that writer who used to be one of my favorite writers has now turned out to be an insane uh, right right wing troll, which mm. is so disappointing. However, uh, in the second season, they decided to do uh, the internment camp uh, that happened during World War II for the Japanese. And they made that part of the storyline. The problem with that one, and I feel like it's a problem with this too, is when you bring in the supernatural, I feel like it's sort of, in both these cases, and I could be wrong, I felt like it distracted from the the real cruelties. Because again, what you're, what, what in the end you're trying to say here well, is that like- Wait, Catfish, yeah, how can yeah. you say that about this show? There was no supernatural in it whatsoever to distract us from that. So it was just poorly done. Well, except for the two, the two actions of real violence that happened in this show, which strangely were episode one and episode ten, were started by Magda. In other words, things could have erupted, but they didn't. But they seemed like they were going to be okay until Magda had the cop shoot in episode one, yeah. and and you know as Rio tried to incite violence and then using Frank screaming to get Peter to trap somebody. And then Rio saying they're mowing us down. They're killing us in both those cases. It, it was a supernatural fire starter for those events. That's true. I get you there. So I, it just, I, I, yeah, I, I, you know, I just don't, I, yeah. <laughs> well that's the storyline for this episode and perhaps the ending storyline for the entire series uh so and the storyline for the season of course as i've said a couple of times in this podcast there will be no music in this podcast we're already running really really long and uh i want to do a lot of music stuff in the next one you won't be able to get that on youtube uh, as I've mentioned many times, uh, I do not want YouTube to put ads on something uh, that is John Pisano and Showtime's work. I, I don't feel like that uh, YouTube deserves to make any money off of my analysis of that. So it won't be on YouTube, but it will be on the podcast proper if that's how you're getting us. If you're not getting the podcast proper and you're only listening on YouTube or you only watch the YouTube versions Please uh, at least pick up that episode, which will be out sometime maybe next week uh, when we cover all of the music uh, from the dreadful podcast.wordpress.com website or wherever you get your podcast normally. That's all I have to say about that. What about feedback, Catfish? We've got oh, man. lots of feedback from last week's episode as Love it. well, since we record these before really the ep new episode airs proper on the television channels. Um, if we can't one, be best, we want to be first. Yes. <laughs> and uh, we are continuing to be your fifth favorite podcast out of three active podcasts available. We appreciate the fact that you've kept us there all season long. Uh, our friend Saddlesore98 sent us an email for regarding Sing, 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 Season 1, Episode 9, saying, Happy Monday, boys. Thanks for getting the podcast out early enough so I can enjoy it 
with my breakfast cup of caffeine. That's what we do. We try to be first if we can't be best. While I'm happy that Catfish says he will no longer use the double initials for the review, (laughs) I am in complete agreement with his assessment, especially for episode nine. I've enjoyed the series so far until last night. The plot was juvenile in dialogue between Maria and her family Mm -hmm. and contrived in not only how they ended up at the club, but also how they conveniently had a kumbaya reconciliation moment at the end. (sighs) Plus... How did Josephina mature from a naive 12-year-old-looking child to a mature 25-ish-year-old? How does that happen? I wished it was so easy for me back in the olden days of my youth. I will say this, Matt. I was looking everybody up on IMDb, and uh, the uh, main picture of the actress who plays Josephina uh, looks very mature. And at first I was like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Jessica Garza, I don't know how old she is, but uh, she, she's been one of the people who has been live tweeting with the show all season. So, folks, if you happen to listen to this podcast, I usually try to put them out right as the episode begins to air, which means you probably it'll be over by the time you get to this part. But <laughs> just on the chance that you happen to catch this uh, before, you just skip straight to the feedback section because you don't like what we have to say. Uh Check out Jessica Garza's live tweeting. She does very good. Michael Gladys also does some. Adriana Barraza also does live tweeting. So uh, check that out. Saddlesore98 continues with Freaky Frank. Sorry, you've got me doing it now. <laughs> was almost human in the car ride to the movie. Where was his bandage from the stove burn? Ooh, a Matt's tomato for Saddlesore98. And I truly was hoping that this show would have some... Con- continuity as if it had as it had much promise in the beginning few episodes along with its tie-in with the other show now i'm looking forward to its quick funeral and usher into the great beyond <laughs> via Santa Morte so we can put it all behind us yes i will however miss the banter between matt and catfish with the exception noted above you i mean about record the double the doubles she's um, the one who said freaky frank yeah uh, we didn't say double F, though. No, we, we just you're said right. Freaky Frank. You're right. Uh, they help fill in the hours of self-quarantine. Uh, that's great. Uh, as for the connection between Molly and Magda, and we brought this up earlier, I am thinking that the writers aren't thoughtful enough to think that through. I guess they just didn't have to, uh, Saddle Sword 98, because they knew they were going to kill her. She gone. <laughs> and uh, Lorraine could be correct in her assessment of Molly, is Santa Morte's human counterpart. Close well, enough. It was close, close enough. enough. And she could likely be ushering Maria and her family into whatever happened to us mortals after we pass. It doesn't matter, though. The show will never have a season two, and no one cares. <laughs> burn! Oh, Saddlesore yeah, 98 yeah, is full of the burn yeah, system. Yes. <laughs> we got another one from uh, Mutant Farm. Our, our resident mutant farm reviewer, that's Lorraine. Catfish, do you want to read that one? Yes, it's, hi, Matt and Catfish. I listened to your podcast today. I desperately needed therapy after watching episode nine of City of Angels. Uh, it says, last week you missed my three words for episode eight. I put oh. in the sex subject line, episode eight was, please spare me. Uh, there's several for episode nine. Waste of time. Waste of money, because you subscribed to Showtime just for this show. And, th- and what? No singing? 
<laughs> because the episode was titled Sing, Sing, Sing. And this is one of the few episodes that had no one actually had singing in it. That's a great thing that we did not catch. Uh, Lorraine, excellent. Uh, uh, I, now, wait a minute. I oh, did, I'm sorry. I did say uh, multiple times in that podcast that Sing, Sing, Sing was the name of Benny Goodman tune uh, that was being played while they were uh, dancing All twice right. in the um, episode. Okay, all right. I, I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not calling you out. I'm just saying. I wish that was one more thing that I could have been uh, uh, critical about. of the episode about. Yeah, exactly. All right. She goes on to say, "I'm thrilled that you like my Magda Molly storyline." Woohoo! Uh, as we said, we liked it so much. Winner, Matt. I am floored. <laughs> Here we go. I love this. <laughs> this is my favorite thing. I've been waiting to get to this all week, Matt. I am floored. I'm going to read this in an outraged tone of voice. Matt. Do it. Matt. I am floored at your rating of this episode. A seven? Really? I can only accept that if this scale was one to a hundred with 100 being the best. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> I completely support your position about the music selected during the murder of Diego. Very disturbing. Catfish, your perspective of enjoying and having fun with the awfulness of this episode literally had me laughing out loud. Thank you. I'm glad. I'm not the only one who had joy of being snarky. I felt so much better. No, ma'am. However, I do think the priest candidate was Josephina, but please do not make me watch this, rewatch this episode to verify. We'll see later uh, what the poll was on that. Uh, Once again, not good news for uh, your friend Catfish. Uh, Thank you both for this great podcast and for making the show fun to watch. I will approach watching the quote unquote final episode with a different perspective. No, ma'am. (laughs) <laughs> what show will you be viewing next? You might have said, but I missed it. We did not say it. Uh, but Matt, I think we might be involved in a dark season three podcast, whether it's episode by episode or the whole season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, as always, if you subscribe to the uh, Double P uh, uh, Facebook page, uh, you can get notifications uh, we're talking about next. I kind of wish this is funny. I, I hate to blab on during during uh, Lorraine's awesome email um but uh having watched the first episode of Perry Mason which mm. is also set during kind of this time period and also <laughs> has um a a a preaching uh sister uh and also has a disturbing uh, murder of children i thought to myself oh man why aren't we doing a podcast on this show instead <laughs> It might be a better podcast. Uh, also, I, I'm very much interested in Catfish. I know this isn't your thing, so I won't mm-hmm. include you in this. But I am also very interested in uh, just because of the fabulous music done by mm-hmm. Rupert Greg, Gregson Williams and Lauren Balf, who has covered with the His Dark Materials and Hans Zimmer mm-hmm. uh, and Martin Phipps. I, they've changed composers every season, but The Crown. Uh, is a fabulous show for me. I, I've loved the drama of it. I've loved the music in it. So I might be looking at that. Um, and maybe our other counterpart from the Double P Podcast Network, ooh, Packed Podcast Podcast Network, uh, maybe Bubba will join me on that. Haven't decided yet. We're still setting all of that up. Uh, <laughs> or but- maybe you can get tidy. <laughs> uh, <maybe. laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh, and if you were wondering if you're new Triple L, Triple L. Yeah, loyal listener Lorraine has reviewed your podcast. Well, I have Lorraine Mutant Farm. I am looking forward to the sticker, but if I should win, please no DVD of the show. (laughs) Watching this again would be a punishment. No, ma'am. 
a new loyal listener, Lorraine. Lorraine, I'm going to send you something. Uh, I, you know, I'll either tweet at you and uh, and uh, give you an option, or I'll send you something. But I can guarantee you, it will not be from this show. Yeah, uh, Catfish has a plethora of cool, geeky stuff that he mm-hmm. can give away for your prize. Nerdy Lorraine, shit. I will forward him uh, the mailing address that you gave me as well as your email address so that he can, of course, uh, contact you and figure out how to get it to you. Yeah. See, I'm also glad I'm not having to send something over the pond. All right. We had some tweets. Let's hear it. Let's start off with the. Yeah, just bring it, bring it, Matt. Bring the tweets. All right, so we've got uh, Amanda. This is all we're still covering. It's episode nine here, folks. Uh, and we have some award submissions here. Uh, Amanda Sparks 19 at Amanda Sparks 19. She's been a great uh, promoter of this podcast. We really appreciate it. It uh, says for episode nine, my favorite Magda. This episode was Alex for telling Townsend. She loved him and saying Moxie. Same as you, Matt. Yes. Uh, this episode needed some paranormal instead of slowly setting up for next week. I feel like this show was planned with a long game in mind, but I'm not even sure we'll get a season two. Now that's been kind of our thoughts since, well, it's been catfish's thoughts since like what episode six. Yeah, I would say episode. Well, but yeah, maybe episode three, but definitely episode <laughs> six. <laughs> At Carousel also sent us three words for season one, episode nine, sing, sing, sing. My three word description of Rio is definitely didn't accept this when all of Vegas entered the club, but apparently it'll help her plans. And it did. That's a good call at Carousel. Sheel, Kara Sheel on Twitter. Thank you, Kara. Uh, Brianna, of course, our resident executive researcher at April Diamond 28 says, for season one, episode nine, my three words are confidence, drama, dancing. Elsa, as my favorite Magda incarnation, her scene with Maria was bitter. Mm-hmm. And Townsend's father as the most evil mortal. He knows how to cut Charlton down and put him in his place. Dooley's left leg says, I gave this week's episode 5.5 double F's. Double F's? Family frivolities. Oh. And a three words to sum it up. Would be, well, that's a triple P, Catfish. Triple P. Painstakingly pedestrian poppycock. Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, man. You know, I I might use Dooley Legs. You know, we have Brianna as our researcher. I might use Dooley's as my my double and triple generator. That's brilliant. Well, you won't ever have to use them for this podcast because it's all no ma'ams now. (laughs) No (laughs) ma'am. The Magda of the Week for Dooley's left legs for season one episode nine Mm -hmm. was elsa putting maria in her place so brazenly or at least she thinks and evil mortal was definitely going to townsend senior easily more evil than double f double f freaky frank all right well i disagree with him there but you know what i don't (laughs) mind (laughs) he goes on to say that the pacing plus the writing being as it is is a facepalm uh, Molly's storyline will intertwine with all of the Magdas at once, just as all hope is lost with rioting Mexicans, Nazis, and police. Molly will don her... Oh, this is the thing that you said. Yeah, earlier. yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead and finish reading it. 
Molly will don her new silk superhero costume, break into song, and blinding light, killing all the Magdas, thus restoring peace to L.A. Uh, Again, uh, if people are upset that he didn't win my contest, uh, he won another contest. That's true. He's he's won all he's he's won a lot of contests with double P. So that's great. Uh, that means Parsec Passion, by the way. Oh, right, double Parsec Passion, our uh, Mandalorian podcast. All right, the Mandalorian podcast, which you can find by f- going to Facebook dot com slash double P H Q. The letters double or the word double the letters P H Q. Matt's forgetting how to speak. Something I'm not forgetting is the poll that we put out last week. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were disappointed in you, Catfish. They voted against you once mm-hmm. again. Uh, at Penny Dreadful City Angels poll for tonight's season one, episode nine, Sing Sing Sing. Well, first, tail, first we should say we had 19 million votes in this poll. Actually, actually just 1,900. We only oh, do okay. the 100K Twitter. Um, okay, got it. We got used it. to do the, when we had one vote, we would do the, the 1K Twitter, but now we can reduce it down to the 100 Twitter. And uh, 1,900 votes. Uh, so when Mateo is talking about who might be a priest... Who is he talking about? And I had said that it would that he was talking about Fina. I got eighty nine point five percent of the votes. Mm-hmm. Catfish got ten percent of the votes. Ten point five percent. Yeah, yeah. You don't. There. Yeah, exactly. I need that point five percent. Catfish, catfish. If you had listened to my music podcast uh-huh. at all, or my music section at all, you mm-hmm. would have told, hear me told you that the Vega theme was playing underneath all of that sequence. Mm. I, I, all I'm going to say is, God bless. Uh, <laughs> it's clear that I got two votes, and one of them was me. So God bless whoever voted with me. You're on Team Catfish. <laughs> there were some responses to this poll as well from our friends over at uh, TV Podcast Industries. Love them. Be sure to check them out. They're great. That's uh, Derek, John, and Chris. Um, I don't know which one of them actually wrote this. Usually it's Derek who responds to me, I think. But he said, yeah, Matt's right. Mateo is defending his sister, saying she's as good as her brothers. It shows that he agrees with Joseph. He agrees Josephina can make whatever she wants. And I said, yeah, if he'd have just listened to my music section, he wouldn't even have put that up as a question. And uh, whoever it was over there at TV Podcast Industries responded back with silly catfish. First, he thinks the fiery color of passion is blonde. And now the priest of the Vega family is Molly. Help Mm -hmm. catfish. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They had a little fun at your expense there, catfish. Hey, uh, absolutely. In fact, I've, I've, I've always said uh, I uh, love getting zinged. That's my favorite type of interaction, uh, except for Lorraine, who is the best. Yeah, <laughs> Lorraine is the best. Uh, let's see. We have uh, tweets also for this week's episode already. Folks who oh, heck like yeah. us have watched it on on the whole uh, the Showtime Anytime app, or it's been available on demand by the time we record this. So, Catfish, do you want to read Amanda Sparks 19? Sure. Amanda Sparks says, my three words for episode 10 would be sister, sister, sister. My favorite Magda. Yes, correct. My favorite Magda is OG Magda for orchestrating so much deception and destruction. Most evil mortal is Townsend. I found it surprising how dark his mind turned so quickly. I think we all expected Adelaide to be batshit crazy and evil. Uh... I mean, we did, but I didn't expect it to be so delicious. And that's yeah. the most important thing. 
Uh, Kira at Arya Del Rey. My favorite says, Twitter handle. Yes. Ma- favorite Magda, Rio, baby. And then she's got a fire and a crown, I guess. That's what that is, uh, emoji. Most evil human, Adelaide, worst mother ever, crying. Pouring, crying emoji. And then your <laughs> friend again, Jules, at Jules Official underscore says, haunting, eye-opening, unexpected. That's the three words. Favorite Magda still Alex. I did not expect all the deaths. Going by last week, I'm very intrigued to see who they'd cast as Lewis's son and daughter if season two happens. Probably the son since he's in L.A. Speaking of the three words that yeah. Jules underscore or Jules official underscore used, why don't we get to our three words? All right. Who cares? But let's do it. All right. Uh, you want to go first or me? Because yeah, uh, I'll go. My okay. words are it's finally over. <laughs> and my one set of my two sets of three words mm-hmm. is uh what i started off this podcast with was that good and uh the other one uh is we'll miss molly if molly I, and i like what you said there and i agree with you that the only way they can get molly back is to really make this show crazy and the only way that uh this show comes back is if uh, the people at Showtime are crazy. But nonetheless, uh, we'll miss Molly if that's the last that we see of Mortal Molly, which Mm -hmm. certainly seems that way. All right, then we have the Townsend Award, the real-life politician not doing well in our world. Uh, Matt, you want to cover this? Well, I mean, I think we're both going to go after a a certain person who's very Townsend-like in our modern world. I'm going after Donald Trump Mm -hmm. uh, because on Saturday, the Rolling Stones... Again, this is all BMI stuff, but the Rolling Stones released a statement threatening to sue the campaign. This could be the last time Donald Trump uses Stone songs. And despite a cease and desist directives to the Trump in the past, the Rolling Stones are taking further steps to exclude him using their songs in any of his future campaigning. The Stones legal team is working with BMI. Go BMI. BMI has notified the Trump campaign on behalf of the Stones that the unauthorized use of their songs will constitute a breach of its licensing agreement. And if Donald Trump disregards the exclusion and persists, then he would face a lawsuit for breaking the embargo and playing music that has not been licensed. You know, I'll add to that, Matt. Uh, it's funny that you noticed the thing about the Rolling Stones because just the other day I uh, the I hadn't heard about the Rolling Stones, but I heard that Tom Petty's estate also sent him a cease and desist letter. No one wants to be associated with him except strangely Three Dog Night. Don't ask me why. Um, Maybe they should get the Townsend Award. Matt, again, in another president, month long scandal. Donald Trump, something. Scandalous like this happens at least once every single day. Mm. We're tired and we just need it to be over, Matt. It's the same way I feel about Penny Dreadful City of Angels. (laughs) I I just just want it to be over. Let's cancel that president, please. Please. Uh, Quickly. quickly. Cancel that president. Yeah. All right. My favorite Magda Mm -hmm. is the award for the best Magda... Magda iteration for this particular episode. Catfish, I couldn't decide. They all work together so well. Mm-hmm. I gave it a tie between mm-hmm. Elsa looking at Rio and then, uh, of course, uh, then Frank screams and starts the riot and then Rio 
helps to get it all going by saying they're running us down. They all worked such tandem because there's no other way that could have happened if it hadn't been for them. That's a that that's a great one, Matt. And only because I don't want to repeat you because our listeners like to have uh, a variety of things going on here. Uh, so I'd say that's a great answer. My answer is uh, a, 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 a Magda that does uh, cool and creepy stuff throughout the course of this show. So my answer is the Magda in my head. <laughs> The show as it was, uh, what was it we said at the beginning of the podcast? The show as it was uh, possibly pitched to be. Or, right. The the show that it pitched itself as. So the Magda that it pitched itself as. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good. The, the, the Magda yet to come. <laughs> the, the Magda that will never get here. Right? I guess uh, uh, the, uh, the Magda that was promised. <laughs> Mag- <laughs> Is it that they call, wasn't that the uh, savior, the... <clears throat> Uh, yeah, yeah. That's the priest that was John promised. Snow in Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah, the yeah. That was promised. Yeah, the Magda that was promised. Yes. Uh, speaking of a high-ranking people in Magda's court, mm-hmm. uh, the Magda Cum Laude Award gives mm-hmm. the award to the top of the class honors uh, to one of Magda's little helpers that was most evil this week. Catfish, you got one for me? Hmm. No. Okay. In that case, I will give mine. Um, and I feel. Like, uh, there were some good points made about how Adelaide was just too obvious to count her mm-hmm. as a uh, Magda. But on the other hand, she did get some votes. And Adelaide gets mine uh, for driving her daughter to suicide um, after admitting that she was actually happy that her other four children, <laughs> potential children, mm-hmm. had died in order to give her them. And then uh, it was kind of a shame that she had to kill the Ch- Haslett children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, 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 uh, just a little bit that she had to admit that, which we suspected all along, or at least you did, Catfish. Uh, I tended to lean towards Molly a little bit, but uh, I was wrong. Uh, Popeye the Sailor Man, you get my Magna Cum Laude Award for this week. Excellent. As I mentioned, we have one more podcast left to do. A music cast is coming at mm-hmm. the very least, and maybe I can convince Catfish if I try really hard. Maybe if I bribe him with a uh, season one edition of Penny Dreadful City of Angels that I'll that's, buy for that's myself. A, that's a disincentive, Matt. Disincentive. <laughs> no, ma'am. He said, like Lorraine, I say, please, sweet Magda, no. Or should I say, sweet Molly, no. So, no. Uh, but yeah. I will have one. So, if you still have thoughts, if you're listening to this and you say, well, I didn't get to chime in on this season finale and you guys are crazy or you guys are absolutely right. Love to Please hear go ahead and send your tweets and your emails and everything in right away so that we can include it in our music wrap up <clears throat> podcast. Uh, there's still plenty of time to get your final thoughts in on season one of Penny of Dreadful. Even just general thoughts about the whole season is fine with us. Love it. You can send emails to dreadfulpodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet to at dreadfulpod. You can call 314-269-0421 unless you're calling from a government phone. You can also comment on our YouTube or you can comment on our posts on the blog. You can find everything that I just talked about at dreadfulpodcast.wordpress.com. 
Com. Catfish, are we going to hear from you again? Oh, yeah. I'll join you on that last one only because I want to share our wonderful uh, listeners' thoughts on episode 10 or the season overall. I'm in. And after that, just like Molly, we gone. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you next time on No Ma'am. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, delightfully dreadful. <laughs> Send emails to dreadfulpodcast at gmail.com or tweet to at dreadfulpod. <laughs>